Hello, and welcome to the First Issue Club. We are your weekly comic book podcast that covers almost exclusively first issues week to week. This week, we've got a couple fun ones. Nailbiter Returns and Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Image and Archie Comics, respectively. Budget King, how you doing today? I am hanging in there. I'm, I'm doing well. I was thinking about it the other day. We're coming up on three solid years of reading fucking comic books every week and just recording, and it's been it's one of the greatest joys of my life. So yeah. I'm feeling good about life right now. Besides the world burning, which we covered last week, which is, is terrible and, and awful. Uh, <laughs> my little world of <laughs> comics is fine, though, as if anybody cares. If you're asking, I'm, doing, I'm hanging in there. Yeah, need any escapism? Comics books got them. Do you think we're addicted to escapism? Yes. I 100% do. You and I? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I recently thought that about myself, and I was like, that is true. I'm, I'm absolutely addicted to escape, escapism. I think most people are. I think that's part of like staring at your phone all day. You think? Be it the brain candy you're getting from social media, video games... Whatever you're looking at. Okay. Just people, but we, we, what's the need for us to like consume, consume, consume? Man, I love that we're getting so existential. <laughs> so quick. What? Minute three? <laughs> we're having like a, well, I just did, I didn't dumb, think, heavy conversation. I didn't think you'd be so quick to be like, yeah. I thought I was pretty profound saying I'm addicted to escapism. But then you were just like, yeah, and everybody is. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm not special. You feel special in like what you lack. At least I, there's something about me. Yeah, at least there's, so, there's something. There's something I identify with. <laughs> Being a piece of shit. <laughs> Running from all my pain and problems and distort fake stories. <laughs> um, you had something else too that you were like, oh, I know what it is. The Snide Dog. The Snyder. We can't leave him alone. Oh, yeah. I've been seeing a lot of headlines about this happening with Suicide Squad. <laughs> and the Suicide Squad director was like, man, I got fucked on the whole thing and they changed my movie. And now fans are like, release this guy's movie. And then and HBO was like, no, nah, this isn't a thing. Like, it's specific to DC movies so far. Like, Oh, the reason DC movies are bad is someone else's fault. And there's this like <laughs> hidden relic that's like the best thing you've ever seen. And why won't they just release it? What what do you like, think what do you think about people who are like, but their animated movies kill? Uh, I know. Right, you heard people say that before. Yeah. Oh, they slaughter it though on the animated movies. Cool. Who's watching though? <laughs> I know that obviously those people are watching them. So I don't want to shit on them too much. I I don't think I've seen any of them. I watched the Red Hood one oh, and that was it, it was good. I just don't understand why you feel like that's such a talking point in the comparison of anything. Oh, you think Marvel's better than DC? Dude, the one place you know I got you is the <laughs> cartoons they make. 
<laughs> like, are, are you saying, like, why can't Mar- you... Well, Marvel Looney Tunes? Acme Industries is never going to touch these DC cartoons made by the thing that I like. Hey, is this weightlifting guy? Yeah, it's kind of weightlifting guy. Did he come back? Um, nah, you're right. I think it is hard to embrace the idea that your fandom sucks at something. We're both right. Knicks fans. And the, the, the core product that the Knicks produce is basketball and they're bad at it. Yeah, it's delusional to think you're ever going to watch them win. And <laughs> we don't go around saying, but you ever look at their logo and blue and orange are complementary colors? So there's not a lot of that going on. This is more, I, honestly, the arguments we're making make more sense than the <laughs> DC argument. It would be more like the Knicks hired this party company once and the party company man throws the best parties (laughs) it's like no we're talking about the knicks not a party they threw two years ago (laughs) (laughs) like if i'm talking about that suicide squad was bad we don't need to bring another company into it and weigh weigh an abstract product against someone else's abstract product saying that their cheerleading squad was like the best that's a good that's a great comp (laughs) man maybe you did sweep us for the season (laughs) but your cheerleaders fucking suck oh i think we nailed this one this is this is one of the best oh did we ever say that uh, greg and caitlin are out again it's just us. The podcast just became too... <laughs> How crazy would it be if I was like, now introduce yourself to the rest of the club. <laughs> and then- the part of the show where we talk about comic books actually as promised at the beginning i mentioned that nailbiter returns was one of the books that we were going to be talking about it is out on image comic it's a numero uno both of the books we were covering today are actually volume twos and have a story that precedes them budget king can you give us a rundown on nailbiter and nailbiter returns yeah, if you were not familiar with original Nail Biter, which came out in I don't know, 2016, 2015, something like that. That's crazy. It was like five years ago now. Yeah. Um, it was just, it's it was an epically awesome serial killer uh, comic on uh, image with really gory um, art and just fun. It felt like Dexter. But it was like more gruesome and and really like just like the splattering of uh, blood everywhere. It kind of reminded me of like Death Note um, meets like just other gory things. It was great. And it was like and it felt like a TV show in a way that comic books like sometimes can can hone in on and just be brilliant. And so this is the return of that. And it is 100 percent, in my opinion, fan service to Nail Biter people that are into it and but at the same time if you uh had never read nail biter i think you can jump into this i would say 
And the, the difference here is that there was a serial killer in Buckaroo, Oregon, who was a nail biter of sorts, I guess. Like, yeah, I don't want to get into what, how the nail biting happened. But there was a system of, <laughs> of other uh, serial killers there, a lot of them. There's a town famous for serial killers. And now all of those serial killers have been resurrected and there is a copycat nail biter, more or less. There's a lot. I mean, this 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 whole first issue right here does a whole nice little story arc, and it is it is good. It is voluminous. Whereas like last week, we kind of just got little toe dips. This is yeah. like a full full ass first issue. Man, I love when Image does these. Yeah, these big fatties are awesome. There's plenty of room for you to do like the setup required to make the first issue really great. The fact that Image does that is a reason that I might come to them first if I was a creator. 2014 was when Nailbiter started too, by the Damn. way. Yeah. Nuts. It is actually, I think they, Image has the market on number ones. Their number ones are fucking killer. And uh, this is a true number one. If you, I will say this, if you didn't like this number one, it's just because the genre wasn't for you because it is very much like crime horror. And if that's not your thing, then Nailbiter is not going to be for you. If you at all like those things, this is a fun ass comic. I hadn't read a ton of Nailbiter, and reading this issue, I'm like so into it, which normally doesn't happen for me when something picks up for like a later volume. I love that it's just straight up called Nailbiter Returns too. Uh huh. It's like a horror title, like Chucky Returns or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I think the, the, one of the weird things about this is like, I think there's tons of you could do tons of Silence of the Lambs comparison to this. Yeah. And like it doesn't make it any worse. Like, it doesn't make it a worse comic book for being like that entity. Right, no. Which is interesting, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think Silence of the Lambs is something that's, like, often, like, parodied. So no, directly. yeah. I was more so saying the idea that, like, some oftentimes when you're like, this book is just this, that means it's like, well, what does it offer new, so it sucks. And yeah. it's like... Yeah, there's a lot of like daughter of the serial killer. So like, is that going to be crazy? Like the mind of a serial killer is really being explored here. But also like there's a, there is a lot more than that. But even if it was just that, it's still just epic. Yeah. What do you, I mean, the artwork on this guy who rips out eyeballs is crazy, right? He pours acid on eyeballs in like the first, <laughs> literally the first panel or third panel. I, I love the fact too that there were like two cold opens. That you got that and then another one after like the title page of the girls in the bar, which I I also think is a really great way to start something that's coming back because it leaves a little bit of mystery for a while about are the characters I love coming back. Is this about a completely new group of people? Like, when am I going to see the things I'm familiar with? What timeline is it? That's a good and point. It just, and it just... It just kind of sits out there for a while and you see all these people having a conversation and working through something that is separate from what the actual narrative ends up being. But it does a little bit of fun world building and setup, and the anticipation and the payoff is like really great because of it. So when you saw the, the black police officer, like you weren't like, oh, that guy's back in it. You didn't have that moment because you didn't read enough a nail biter no i didn't read enough a nail biter no and it still worked for you like it didn't but i i get the vibe that it was like here's the cast of characters that came from the the first series yeah i mean i, I don't i stand by that i don't think you have to have read you should read the first all of it 
but if you didn't i think you could just jump in here and just get like oh cool established serial killer town <laughs> yep totally and there's like a there's a pretty big spoiler which we don't, we actually don't even need to say because it doesn't it doesn't hinge on any of the discussion but the big there's a big spoiler in there yep. or big big surprise yep which is awesome this is this is thick. Cool. yeah a lot of like attention to a series that i'm not sure had a ton of fanfare like i know it was well received but you don't hear a lot of people being like i'm a nail biter fan no uh-uh, i don't think so either and Williamson. He did Birthright. I like Birthright. Mm-hmm, me too. But you don't hear his name get thrown around a bunch as like, oh, his new book's coming out, which maybe you should. I like, I like, people, I like people when they write a book for a long time and just stay in it because they just like really believe in, in like where it's going and stuff. And so. Yeah, totally. It doesn't happen enough anymore. Too many little maxis. Yep. I really enjoy when my comic series go to at least 12. But if you can go into the 20s, ooh, ooh, that's a story worth telling. Sex Criminals is like about getting there. A lot of image books. I think Birthright went up that far. So there you go. There she blows. Um, I don't think there's, we don't need to get more into it. I mean, I think like Reed Nailbiter, if you're in, if you are remotely into serial killer or horror, this is the book for you. What I love, I will say this too. They totally referenced the fetishes Jason of serial killers in podcasts and like uh-huh. build that into this comic book because in 2014, that wasn't the phenomena that it is now. So to like awaken it and re-reference it in there, super smart to put that up there. People look at the serial killer genre more through the lens of podcast. Yeah, totally. And they normalize it and they fetishize it and I don't get it. <laughs> um, but I like a good I like a good scary high intense drama story so ditto thanks Image you're coming back I miss you Image And now we have Sabrina by none other than Kelly Thompson. We talked about this book a little bit in the interview with her. If you want to go hear that interview, you should go back and check it out. And the artwork is a couple, and their names are Andy and Veronica Fish. Yes. So um, this is a continuation of the Kelly Thompson story, which uh, Mike and I, just FYI, have been really into comiXology. They should give us money for as much as we plug this motherfucker. I know. We're the place to go for plugging those things. We fucking plug Comixology Unlimited all the fucking time. This is a book you can borrow. Sabrina, the first volume, is a book you can borrow off of Comixology so you could get into it and then you could be ready to read this comic book where it starts, which is very much unlike the other book. You have to you you need to have a little bit of knowledge now it does give you a good primer in the beginning to catch you up on the sabrina world but if you were new to sabrina world and this version of sabrina world because there's tons of different versions and how everybody reacts and like the type of specifically salem i feel like is the really the marker of like what sabrina are you reading <laughs> yeah, how does salem right. yeah how is salem reacting is, is the type of sabrina that you're reading um and so that yeah, this is Kelly Thompson's book. Do you do you want to you got a, a liner or two about what happens in here? Uh yeah, Sabrina's trying to 
balance her school life with all of the rest of the supernatural things going on with her. All the while, a lot of her spare time is being consumed by trying to help out a friend who turns into a monster. But we find out that people close to her may be involved in this heinous act. Very close to her. One of the things that I like about Kelly Thompson is that in the beginning of the first issue of when she took on Sabrina, she mentioned everything that was inspiring to her about Sabrina and, yeah. um, and, and acknowledged the task at hand that she had to say, hey, I know this is coming out right after the hot Netflix show. I love the um, TGIF uh, Friday sh- show um, with Melissa Joan Hart. Um, I loved the supermarket version of Sabrina in the Archie comics that were like um, more consumable. I liked the comic book in, in general of when it's been happening in the last 10 years and went super horror. I know that I have to fit somewhere in there and I'm going to do that with my own version. I believe in it and I believe in the character of Sabrina and I think she carved it out and she continues to carve that out. Word of warning, this is akin to a teen book, so which is to be expected, I would think. Yeah, certainly. Um, but if you feel like you, especially if you went from Nailbiter to Sabrina, <laughs> it might be a little bit of a screeching halt for you. Um, but I like stuff like this. I think you and me love YA fantasy sort of fun books. Um, this one's got magic and romance and all the fun things that you get in that YA sort of genre. I, I like Riverdale a lot. I, I'm not caught up on it. But this felt, th- this felt like it could fit into Riverdale, the TV show currently. Just speaking of Riverdale, it just showed up on Netflix. I'm thinking about the Netflix Sabrina show. I wish the cat talked on that show. I was going to say, like, that's the thing is that Salem is just like a demon of sorts. I, I, bet, he, I, I bet he will talk. Yeah. That would be a fun, like, reveal later on. And, and it's, it's interesting because it's like, I don't, you probably remember Salem talking in the, uh, uh, is that her name? Melissa Joan Hart? Yeah, MJH. Yeah, version where it's like he's very like witty. He's the comic relief and stuff. Yep. In this one, he's like more of a pal. Yes. Like he's like the yeah old uncle who rolls his eyes at everything. If it's if I, memory serves on the Melissa Joan Hart one, it was probably like a guy in his forties doing the voice. Yeah, like Fraser Cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the puppetry of it, like I think it was like a puppet. Yeah, I think you're right. Which is cool. Now you would just show a cat and like have a voice, <laughs> just like be over this cat, just like sitting there. Yeah, yeah, totally. And we would just accept it and be like, probably happens telepathically. <laughs> it doesn't need to be like moved, like or yeah. you you just wouldn't write lines where it like grabs a coffee mug. Yeah, and right. it's like, Arr. you know what? They probably spent the Sabrina budget for the show on too many other cool things to animate the cat talking all the time. I, sometimes I watch those Netflix originals and I'm like, how do they get this money? Yeah, it's a different ballgame now. People spend it. I also was thinking like, think about if you're a child actor now, mm-hmm. you don't get to do cute shit, like cute fun stuff like Degrassi or... Uh, oh, no. Yeah, you're totally right. You have to be in like a small town where like... Your friend is addicted to drugs. Yep. It's always got to be drugs and violence and sex. Like everything is like like kids. That movie, the NC-17 Kids, was uh-huh. so 
provocative and crazy and now it's like that's just every premium kids show now yeah i'm really into that show betty on hbo and that's like all that i need to see that i haven't watched it yet it's good it's good um one of the things i liked about this comic was that there was a small town like secret society of witches like not a bunch of people but you open up this um fake christmas store <laughs> which i think that's is is funny that it's like a christmas store since they're like witches i actually was thinking like i was like oh shit was this supposed to come out like near christmas and it got pushed back in covid you know no, but uh-huh. no but the original date on this was april fools i think or right around there yeah but in any case behind this storefront there's like a secret coffee shop for like cool young witches which i think Sabrina's never really had a lot of, in some previous iterations, young friends her age who are also witches. The show gets into that, and I think that's something people really like about the show. Um, So it's cool to see it here in the comic. And I think that like the show, she sets this up. She's walking the line of like, witches are good, witches are bad. Like, they're somewhere in between. As with most things. (laughs) Yes, there you go. Yeah, some are good. Some are bad. The The truth lies in the middle somewhere. That's what it was. This did feel like, and I actually was a fan of these, like, I don't know what to call them, like the supermarket Archie series when they're like square and there's yep. just like tons of them and like they're thick. I was really into yes. the Richie Rich ones. Yes. Um, And I think this like is a nod to some of that like fanfare of the way that Archie did things then. In a good way, like in a, in, a, in a very good supermarket way. I don't know yeah. what, else, what else to call those. Like, there's probably a proper name for that. Weeklies or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I love the tonality of this. It's fun. It's reminiscent and nostalgic of something. And it's, you know, never a small feat to meet people's expectations when you're uh, doing something that's what people have been 20 years removed from or like there's a show that just ended and you're doing it different. She is a Gem. talented motherfucker. Yeah, Gem. Power Rangers. She did it all. Go check our interview out. Yeah. Plug for our interview. Um, <laughs> the plug. I, we had two two fun comic books. It was a light week this week, but um, some fun stuff. Comic books Very are back. True. I'm so glad. That's all. We we rolled on a lot of stuff, so I think we can we can clap it, simp it off. We can uh, chop off the foreskin and let this baby breathe. <laughs> Jesus. And with that, we'll be back next week. Sayonara. Bye. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T.